Oh yes sir, we're back cracking open the hot microphone here. I'm coming off injury right now. I consider this my own personal flu game. Uh, my voice is down a few octaves here as I'm recovering from sickness, uh, but we're here. We are back baby and back with a banger today. You might be asking yourself, where have you been? Well, I've been locked in my basement going through all of the NBA archives, watching every ounce of game film available to me, going through all of NBA lore to bring you the stories that the NBA doesn't want you to know about. I present to you the NBA Iceberg. For the uninitiated, an iceberg begins at the tip with the informa information that everybody knows it's widely available. But as you get deeper and deeper, it becomes lesser known to eventually you get down to the depths of the iceberg where no one knows and no one wants you to know. So without further ado, let's get straight to it. At the tip of the iceberg, we have first of all, the take of all takes. Steph Curry is not a point guard. Ah uh, yes, one of the worst takes in NBA lore has appeared. Someone have you believe that Steph Curry being a generational scoring threat disqualifies him in terms of playing the point guard position. Never mind the fact that the Golden State Warriors of the past decade have been built on ball movement and offensive efficiency. This take is notarized and brought to you by the makers of the take that Phil Jackson was not a good basketball coach. He just had talented rosters. Spare me. Hey, while we're at it, pay the teachers. Next up, when basketball was basketball, that is of course the 1990s. Historians of the game have noted this period in basketball being akin to blood sport. Brought on by the bad boy Pistons of the late 80s and early 90s, many esteemed basketball old heads will continue to long for the days of Charles Oakley roaming the paint and a beautiful 74-78 final score. Ah yes, the real beautiful game when that clock hits 0-0. If you close your eyes and imagine, you can almost picture Aaron McKee pulling up from 18 feet, coupled with the sweet sound of that ball clanging off the rim. That's foreplay and an aphrodisiac for some. And the last moment on the tip of our iceberg, quite simply, you could just say, I'm back. R slash just goat things. We are just getting started, folks. After the tip of the iceberg, we finally reach the surface level. We start off with a banger here, Magic Johnson's tweets. If you're looking for in-depth basketball analysis from one of the greatest to ever do it, you need to be following Urban Magic Johnson. Known mostly for his work on the court, Magic is also heralded as one of the forward-thinking masterminds that every front office should be fighting to run their team. Without further ado, here are my top five Magic Johnson tweets. Full disclosure, some of these tweets may be controversial, so consider this your trigger warning. First up, not presented in any order because they're all equally goaded. Getting my skinny pop popcorn ready for Milwaukee versus Toronto. I think I'm going with sea salt and pepper. Next, I'll be tuned in at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time to watch the 2019 NFL Draft. A real zinger right there from Magic. Next up, the only way San Antonio or Miami don't win the championship is if neither team makes the finals. Really have to think about that one. And next, I had to go deep into the archives of 2014 for this gym, and I quote, Kobe should also be in the early MVP talks with LeBron, Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, Anthony Davis, Carmelo, Curry, Thompson, and Rose. And then last but not least, a recent Hiroshima dropped on us by Urban. The two big market teams that need to improve 
are the Lakers and the Knicks. At the end of the day, Magic Johnson is the human embodiment of the NBA trade machine that has Jason Tatum, Luka Doncic, and Zion Williamson all being moved to LA in an earth-shattering four-team trade. Really gonna have to take a moment to recover from some of those zingers from Magic, but let's move on. Next up, the Jimmy Butler practice. In the most widely publicized regular season practice ever, Rachel Nichols just happened to show up to cover the goings-on of the Timberwolves when Jimmy Butler went nuclear on the Timberwolves starters, most notably Carl Anthony Towns. In this now famous practice, Butler donning a Rolex went scorched earth during a scrimmage and effectively terminated his professional existence with the Minnesota Timberwolves franchise. He got that dog in him. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna read a little bit of Adrian Wojnarowski's report on what happened there. That you were loud, emotional, passionate. We like to say, "quote You f me." How would you describe what happened today? <laughs> uh, a lot of it's true. A lot of it is true. As for the last nugget of NBA lore on this level, we have the infamous Blake Griffin child support. A cautionary tale as old as time, the now debunked story of child support being ordered upon Blake Griffin in a small total of $258,000 per month. Be careful out there, kids. We move on to level five. Bob Costas scolding Dennis Rodman. Ah, who could forget this? Offense, that's all he can do is be a post feeder and be a presence out there just so they have to honor him. Four seconds to shoot. Jordan. Missed it just before the shot clock sounds. Rodman battling like crazy, but can't quite hold on to it. Hornacek, he and Malone, Rodman and Malone, and Rodman just trips Malone up. They gotta call a flagrant here. They've got to call a flagrant. It's the third on Rodman. He and Carl Malone, regrettably, are scheduled to wrestle in one of those bogus events next month. Why Malone wants to lower himself to that is anyone's guess. And Rodman apparently wants to start the wrestling now. Next. Paul Pierce in a wheelchair. The NBA Finals. Culmination of the NBA season where superstars test their medal and enter the pantheon of the immortal NBA GOATs. The NBA Finals is where boys separate themselves from the men. In the case of Paul Pierce in the 2008 NBA Finals, revert back to their childlike tendencies. In short, Paul Pierce had the BGs so bad, he had to fake an injury and be wheeled out on a wheelchair to the closest available turd receptacle. Boston fans rewarded him with a standing ovation shortly after he relieved himself and marched back onto the court like a hero returning from war. Nobody wants to think about the real victim here, but it's time that toilet received its just due for going through that hell. Certainly not the sight the Celtics and their fans want to see. Paul Pierce in a lot of pain, had to be carried off. Then they put him in the wheelchair as he's going back to the locker room. Obviously, in a lot of pain, can't walk off on his own power. It appears to be the right leg, and it happened in this play in a collision with Kendrick Perkins. Oh, this is the sight that the Celtics fans want to see. And here the ovation as he comes hopping out of the tunnel. P.J. Brown won't go. Rondo nearly tips it in. And Pierce returning with some energy. Fisher on the pull-up. Garnett, the rebound, his eighth of the game. All of a sudden, light back in the building. 
foul on Vujicic, trying to fight over his screen. Lakers in the penalty. Pierce ready to check back into the game as we check in with Michelle. Well, standing back there at the locker room when Paul Pierce came out was a pretty dramatic moment. He was followed out of the hallway by Danny Ainge, the general manager. Ainge told me that it is a sprained knee. You can see that sleeve on Pierce's right knee. He's going to give it a try, guys. Meanwhile, Kendrick Perkins remains in the locker room. I really don't want to have to pick favorites, but if I had to, this next story would be one of my personal favorites. Brian Colangelo and his many callers. In one of the most twisted true crime episodes in entire NBA history, it was, just, it was discovered in May of 2017 that the Philadelphia 76ers general manager had been deep undercover with multiple Twitter accounts, criticizing many of his own players. As the evidence went further down the rabbit hole, Brian Colangelo and his Dracula-like callers were forced to resign in disgrace in June of 2017. His known burner accounts will go down in infamy and were known as the following. At Phila123456 Seven, Eric Jr., Honest Abe, Enough, Unknown Sources, and Still Balling. Here's a gem dropped by Still Balling in reference to Ben Simmons versus Joel Embiid. Quote, Ben is going to be better than Joel and less distracted by models, social media, hence more focused. We all see how that one worked out. And how could we forget one of my personal favorites when a poor unsuspecting fan dared to poke fun at the sheer size of his collars? He clapped back with one of his burners by saying, quote, that is a normal collar. Move on. Find a new slant. Right, Brian. And the 5G towers aren't frying our brainwaves either. No humanoid in the right mind would consider his wardrobe to be anything close to normal. And with that, the prosecution rests its case, Your Honor. James Harden, drugged. James Harden not performing up to expectations in the playoffs. Not exactly a recent phenomenon. In the prime of James Harden in Houston, during an elimination game versus the San Antonio Spurs, James Harden went 2 of 11 from the field, coupled with a series of head-scratching turnovers. Some blame the Kardashians but others have pointed to a more sick and sinister situation. James Harden had either been beamed up by the aliens and probed in a sick twist on Space Jam, or he had been drugged during one of his famous nights out on the town. The world may never know. If you or anyone you know has information regarding this ongoing investigation, please come forward. I want you to explain to us, Stephen A., how in an elimination game on his home court against a Spurs team playing without its biggest star, James Harden had his worst game of the year. I, 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 you're asking the wrong person. I think there needs to be an investigation, to be quite honest with you. He looked like he was drugged out there for crying out loud, literally comatose. <laughs> I don't know who the hell that was playing for the Houston Rockets, but it wasn't the James Harden that I've been watching all year. As we sink deeper into the depths, we have officially reached level four of the NBA iceberg. LeBron Alford by J.J. Barea. The 2011 Finals. Heat Big 3 versus Dirk's Mavericks. On the surface, it'd be remembered as one of the Herculean efforts in NBA history, the sum of the parts being greater than the super team. This was Dirk's, Dirk Nowitzki's moment in the sun, undoubtedly. But real ones will remember when J.J. Barea defended LeBron James and LeBron was shaking in his boots the entire series. Common sense which have you, would have you believe that the physical specimen of LeBron James in his absolute apex should have dominated the series. But in reality, J.J. Barea made LeBron James a mental midget during that fateful year of 2011. For that, we are all grateful. Thank you for your service, J.J. Salute.
one of my other personal favorites, Spreewell shoes. The early 2000s, the age of excess in the NBA, that was a dark point in the world for fashion sense, where now the norm would be closer to a schmedium type beat. In the early 2000s, excess was everything, and that included clothing size. From prospects becoming NBA pros while swimming in their suits during draft night, to chunky basketball shoes that weighed a metric ton, it was an interesting moment in time to say the least. This was highlighted by an Escalade size signature shoe released by Dada Supreme and Latrell Sprewell's namesake. The shoe came equipped with their own spinners and a subscription to Slam Magazine, probably. Salute to the Starberry shoes as well, a close runner-up in this category. Next up, Kermit Washington versus Rudy T, aka Rudy Tomjanovich. This is NBC Nightly News with John Chancellor on special assignment and David Brinkley in New York. Last Friday in the Houston-Los Angeles basketball game, Kermit Washington of Los Angeles slugged a Houston player, knocked him out, broke his jaw, his nose, and fractured his skull. Today, basketball commissioner Larry O'Brien gave Washington the heaviest penalty in basketball history, suspension for 60 days without pay and a $10,000 fine. Here's Robert Hager. The Houston Rockets had just scored. There was a scuffle. Now watch to the right of the scuffle. Rudy Tomjanovich of Houston suffered a fractured skull, a concussion, and a broken jaw. Here again in slow motion, watch to the right of the screen. The Lakers' Kermit Washington, who threw the punch, said today it was an honest, unfortunate mistake that he saw Tomjanovich coming at him and he just swung. The Houston Rockets management said it thought the penalty against Washington should have been tougher. And things may get tougher in the future. Commissioner O'Brien's office says it's appointing a study group to see what ought to be done to prevent violence in professional basketball. Robert Hager, NBC News. And with that, we have officially reached level three. Down, down we go. First in level three, we have Bill Russell played against Milkman. Also included in this would be attorneys, Merces, doctors, grocery store clerks, and Minutemen, the real murderers row that players of this generation could never understand. Eat your heart out, Kevin Durant. Not to be upstaged, though, janitor Jamal Tinsley. The malice at the palace, a dark shadow casted upon the NBA by the Indiana Pacers and the Detroit Pistons. A brawl was incited when men were men that spilled over into the stands. While there may have been numerous documentaries and stories on this topic, one aspect you rarely hear about is Jamal Tinsley doing his best Brian Cardinal impression by grabbing a dustpan to clean up the mess and help up the janitorial staff. Real heroes don't wear capes. And to round out level three of our iceberg, the only way we could naturally, Carl Malone's blackjack strategy. Always hit on 13. If you know, you know. Level two. Larry Bird's driveway, one of the greatest what-ifs in NBA history. As it stands already, Larry Bird is amongst the top tier of all-time greats. However, the last several years of Larry Legend's career was spent planking on the sideline and wearing a hefty back brace due to snow shoveling incident that happened back in his home state of Indiana. That's what you get for helping your mother out. Let that be a lesson to you kids. 
the Converse weapon. That's a shoot. That's magic. Do what he was born to do. It may be so, but that's not all. They let Isaiah play like he's ten feet tall. For the kind of moves that never fail, the weapon's the choice of Kevin McHale. The same is true for Mark McGuire. When I wear weapons, I'm on fire. But well, what can the weapons do for King? Why, well, I can do just about anything. You already know what you did for me. What? I walked away with the MVP. The Converse uh, weapon. The number one weapon in the NBA. Next up on this level, last but not least, Wilt Chamberlain, Otto Porter Jr. Known for his exploits off the court, Wilt Chamberlain lives on today in the NBA due to his bloodline being carried forward through the forward, Otto Porter Jr. Just due to the simple math, this was bound to happen at some point, given the way Wilt would spread his genetics throughout the landscape. While Porter Jr. may not have amounted to his grandfather's legacy, he came out the mud and has been a valuable role player in the Warriors' current franchise that his grandfather carried for years. It just makes sense. As we get into the dark recesses of NBA history, we've officially reached level one of the iceberg. Bob Pettit and George Mikan playing with straps on their socks. Let's go through an exercise together. Close your eyes. Take a deep breath. Now imagine playing an entire NBA career with Chuck Taylors on. Do the bottoms of your feet hurt yet? Now imagine playing with booty shorts and a belt on. Frightening to say the least. As an added bonus, imagine strapping your socks to your knees. Welcome to hell. This was reality for Hall of Famers George Mikan and Bob Pettit amongst others. Really, there is no other natural way to close out this NBA iceberg than to just read the Ray Allen tweet. Ray Allen, one of the greatest shooters to ever play the game. Shout out to Marvin Harrison. He could have used a lesson or two from the aforementioned Brian Colangelo on proper burner use when he tweeted out the following while being absolutely bricked up on his verified Twitter account. Warning, 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 not safe for work content coming. Hide your kids, hide your wife. Quote, I'm getting there. When you masturbate, think about my tongue on your clit, switching back and forth from my dick to my tongue. Thank you, Ray. We are all hashtag blessed for that one. Should the Spurs foul? Should Miami go for the three right away? Just attack the basket. James catches, puts up the three. Won't go. Rebound, box. Back out to Allen. His three-pointer. Bang! Tie game with five seconds remaining. Spurs do not have a timeout. There really is no proper way to end this podcast. Ray Allen kind of shut the thing down. He dropped the mic after he tweeted that. But I had to get this podcast out there. Reaching the NBA Finals, we're almost there. Consider this your prep for the NBA Finals. You can listen to this, or you can listen to a bunch of boneheads just give you their predictions. Um, I think that uh, if the Warriors are healthy, uh, they and Steph Curry and Draymond Green and Klay Thompson and Jordan Poole play really well, then the Warriors have a chance to win the NBA championship. Well, I think that if Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown play really well, the Boston Celtics have a chance to win the NBA championship. And it's not just Magic Johnson. That kind of takes those takes are everywhere everywhere you look now everybody's got an opinion that if all the stars just stay healthy the best teams have a chance to win thank you very much no thank you i'm gonna pass on that i'm gonna keep doing my thing thank you for listening to the nba iceberg i hope you enjoyed it and with that i'm out
Alright. I say, uh... Hey guys, it's Drake here. Want free V-Bucks? Give me your credit card information and your street address and your social security number and the security code on the back of the card. Also, what are your parents' names? What is your zip code? When are you home alone? How old are you? How do you feel about white vans? How do you feel about being trapped in a basement for 12 hours? Anyways, hit me up. I'm the real Drake. 